I feel that way. I mean, um, what's your purpose? Why are you here? What is this all about? What am I doing here? I think most of us from time to time have uh, thought that. As a matter of fact, in the teenage years, that's a big deal. In the teenage years, that's, that's when the question's really coming out. You know, what is it all about? What am I here? What's life all about? Prior to that, there wasn't much of a thought. You just kind of lived with your parents. And now suddenly you're thinking, but you know what? It also happens in what we call a midlife crisis, where you get to a certain point in your life and you thought you knew what it was all about and you get to there and you realize that, that maybe you're not going to achieve what you thought you were going to achieve and people are passing you up and you begin to say, now what am I really here for? What is my purpose? That happens to people a lot. For men, this is when they run out and buy motorcycles and wear chains around there and they open shirts or whatever. Don't do that, man. If you do, just don't do that. Don't, I don't want to hear about it. But you know what happens to churches, too? It happens to churches. Churches that have been around for a while, and, and when they started, they had this incredible purpose. I mean, there was so much excitement about starting that church. As a matter of fact, we have a, a new church in our conference that's starting in the McMinnville area in just a couple of weeks. And they're so excited because they know why they're there and what they want to do, and it's just going to be fantastic. And, but what happens is just a few years after that purpose which is so clear, becomes a little muddled. And you kind of start going through motions again. And and after a while, you wonder why you're here. Take a look at this picture. We might want to turn the lights down just a little bit, because this is a a good picture of our church right there. Uh, There it is, right there in the corner. I mean, uh, that's, that's not bad. And it's a very visible corner because people drive by all the time. And, and that fountain right there, people know us by that, especially when p- kids put suds in it, which just happened a couple weeks ago. And uh, it doesn't, doesn't hurt anything, so we don't, we don't mind. But people know us as the Fountain Church. And I say, you know, I'm the pastor of the Salem First Free Methodist. And they go, what? And I say, the Fountain Church. They go, oh, yeah, I know right where that is. Yeah. Yeah. And then they say, what's a free Methodist? And so then that opens up doors for a conversation, things like that, you know. So here's the, here's the issue, ready? I want you to understand, we have been here, ready? Take a look at this. About 140 years, approximately. Maybe 130, 140 years. That's when our church started. Salem First Free Methodist Church started around 130 and 140 years ago. We've been here a long time. We've been here on this corner since, what, 1977? Some of you were, how many of you were part of the church when it was back on, on what, Winter and Market? Is that what it was? Okay, a few of you. If you ever go down Market Street and Winter, where Winter crosses Market, there's a building there. That was this church for many, many years. Until 1976 or so, they sold that building to the Salvation Army, which now is in the Croc Center. And then they met in, uh, you guys met in what, uh, Chemeketa for a little while, while this building was being built in the 1977 you moved in here, right here, okay? You did that because you wanted to follow the, uh, the young families. You were downtown where young families were. By 1977, all the young families were out here. All these homes were brand new. You, you reached out to this community. Do you remember the, the main way you were reaching into the community? Softball. How many softball teams did this particular church have? Two, three, four, I don't know. How many people I've talked to? How many was that? The, how many people I've talked to that said, yeah, I started attending this church because of softball. Young families, 20s and 30s, all around this area, so that's why you moved right here. Okay? We've been here for that long. 
Now, since I've been your pastor in the last 10 years, I want to show you, let me show you how much money this church has raised and spent over the last 10 years. Ready? Try this number. About $5 million. And actually, that's a low figure. Every year, we bring in well over half a million dollars for 10 years, and that doesn't include the fact that when I got here 10 years ago, we were in debt half a million dollars, and now we're debt-free. Plus, in the bank, we have about $120,000. Plus, we've raised about $300,000 just for improvements. That's on top of the money that we've received just for tithes and offerings. Friends, that's a lot of money. And you know this building right here? You know what this building's worth? At least this. It's worth at least $2 million. Wow, that is a lot of God's money sitting right here. But here's the question then. Ready? This is the question that, that's, that we have to be able to answer and we're going to answer over the next couple of weeks. And it's this question. Why? Why should this church be here on this corner? Why should this church raise and spend $5 million over the last 10 years? Why should this church be worth $2 million right here and exist? Why are we here? Why are we? That's the thing that we have to remember because sometimes what happens is, is we, we begin to lose our purpose. We, we, we forget why it's all here. We begin to kind of go through the motions and, and we begin to think that, well, we're here because I, need, I have spiritual needs that must be met and here's where I get them met. We, we kind of turn the church into a spiritual Walmart, that kind of thing. Every now and then, it's really good for a human being to stop and say, now, what's my purpose here? Why am I here and am I fulfilling that? Every now and then, it's really good for a church to stop and say, okay, why are we here? Let's try to remember and recapture that understanding of the purpose why God called us into existence. And not just that, why he called us right here into existence. Because he did. Why? Because sometimes, by the way, every now and then, a church has to answer the question to say, you know what? We have no purpose here any longer. And those are the churches we close. And we do that. As a matter of fact, what is the last statistic? Six churches in America close every day. Every day. Here in this conference, we've come to the conclusion that some of our churches no longer meet a purpose. And we close them. When I was superintendent in Columbia River, it was a joy to be able to start some churches, see the excitement. But I also was able to come into a couple of our churches and say, you know... Your purpose is over. It's time to close. And that uh, is not necessarily a bad thing. Churches have life cycles. The kingdom is still built. We're not talking about the kingdom going down. It was just that purpose where that church was no longer fulfilling its purpose. There was no reason for it to exist other than to keep about 15 or 20 people happy. And that's not the purpose of a church. So, here's what we're going to do. Starting today and going throughout the next four weeks, we are gonna, we're going to answer this question right here, because that's what this series is all about. What are we doing here, okay? What are we doing here? Why are we right here? What's the purpose of our existence? Specifically, why are we here? What are we supposed to be doing? How do you fit into all of that, okay? Now, along this whole way, you, you might even be asking yourself the same question personally, you know, Father, what's my purpose and am I fulfilling that? 
What are we doing here? Now, this is a good thing to do for people and for churches. And and we need to take our cue from Jesus. Because there's many things to admire about Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you, one of the things to admire about him is this. First of all, he knew exactly why he was here. He knew exactly what he had to do. And he knew exactly what he wanted to accomplish. It was clear in his mind, his whole life, he knew his purpose, his plan, what it was all about. He had it completely in his mind why he was here, what he was supposed to do, and what he wanted to see happen in the people's lives around him. And because of that, he was able to stay focused on his purpose in life. Let's start with this first one. He knew exactly why he was here. You know what we do? We call that your purpose. Why are you here? Now we're into your sermon notes if you want to follow along. The purpose of Jesus was this. Why was he here? The purpose of Jesus to bring life to a dying world and reconcile us to God. That was the purpose of his life. He came and that's the reason that he came. His purpose was to bring us life and to reconcile us with God. That was his purpose. Take a look at this passage right here. Jesus said, I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come and come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to destroy. I have come, here's my purpose, that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus says, I know my purpose. I know why I'm walking this planet. I have come to bring life to a dying world. That is my purpose. But then he also said this. Well, this is what scripture says. For God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Now, this may seem like two different things, but they're really one and the same. Because to have life means to be reconciled with God. There is no life apart from reconciliation with God. Jesus had a complete and full purpose to his life. He wanted to bring us life by reconciling us to God. That was his purpose, his whole focus. That's why he walked this planet. Now, what was the next thing? Remember? First of all, of course, his purpose. He knew exactly why he was here. The second thing was his mission. Okay, now how do I accomplish this? What do I do to get it done? He knew exactly what he had to do, and we call that his mission. These are the things you do to accomplish your purpose. The mission of Jesus to reveal God and then give his life for us. He wants to reconcile us and to bring us life. That's what he wants to do. Now, how's he going to do that? He does that by revealing God to us and then dying. That's his mission. It's the things that he does. Take a look at this passage. People wanted him to stay. You know, everywhere he went, there were some people, hey, why don't you just stay here and be our, our, our own personal rabbi, and it'll be wonderful. You live right in our village, and it'll be great. And Jesus said, no, I can't do that. He said this, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also, because that's why I've come. That's why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. In other words, Jesus said, okay, my purpose is to reconcile people and to bring them life. Now, I'm going to do that by going from town to town to town by preaching and teaching. That's my mission. But his mission was more than just simply preaching and teaching, wasn't it? There was an end to his mission, or let's say a rather um, definitive end to his earthly mission. Jesus said this, For even the Son of Man has not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life 
as a ransom for many. Jesus said, okay, my purpose is to reconcile people and to bring them life. I'm going to do that. My mission is to go from town to town, teaching them about God so that they know all about him. And then I'm going to give my life for them. I'm going to die on a cross for them. I'm going to reconcile them. I'm going to forgive them. I'm going to ransom them. I'm going to be a sacrifice for them. There had to be a sacrifice to satisfy the demands of the law. Because the law says the soul that sins, it shall die. And since every one of us has sinned, that means every one of us should die. And we mean a spiritual death. A death from which we can't save ourselves. A death from which we cannot be resurrected. We don't have the power to break that death. Spiritual death is the final thing for us. So Jesus said, then here's my mission. I will die for every one of you. I will take that punishment and die for you. But because he's God, death couldn't hold him. See, he could die and break death and live again. We could die spiritually, but we would not live again. We would die because we're not powerful enough to break that death. Jesus dies for us. And because he's now broken that, that chain of death, he says, look, walk with me. And I will break that for you and you will never have to face it. Once you're alive in me, you will always be alive. Yeah, your body may cease functioning, but you will live. That was his, his purpose to reconcile and, and to bring us life. His mission, how's he going to do this? Well, he's going to do that by going from town to town and teaching them all about a loving Heavenly Father because they were confused about him. And then, they're going to, then he's going to die for them. That's his mission. Okay, you got that? Purpose? Mission? Good. What was that last thing that, that we were talking about there? It was um, what? He knew exactly what he wanted to accomplish. Okay, so he knew exactly why he was here, his purpose. He knew exactly what he had to do, his mission. He knew exactly what he wanted to accomplish. We call this vision. Vision is what we call a preferred future. When you look out in the future, what is your preference? What do you want to see? That's what a vision is. A vision doesn't necessarily mean, you know, things that you see. It means way in the future. What do you want to have happen? Every one of us, when we get married, has a vision for that marriage. We, we, we can look in the future and say, this is the way I want my marriage to be. That's our vision. Jesus had a clear vision. By the way, sometimes it's, it's best, if you want to know how to live, it's best to first of all ask what your vision is. What do you want to see happen in your life? What do you want to see happen in your family? What do you want to see happen in your finances? What do you want to see happen at the end of your life? Okay, now let's move backwards from there. Okay, what's it going to take to get there? That's your mission. And now we need to decide even if that's a good thing to do, that would be your purpose. Purpose, mission, vision. Jesus had a clear... What was the vision of Jesus? Here it is. The vision of Jesus was this, that all people everywhere would come to know God. He could look down the future and say, my heart's desire, what I want to see happen, is every single person be reconciled to God. That's what I want to see. His purpose was to bring us life. Reconcile us. His mission 
was to teach and to die. His vision out there, he could just see it. It would break his heart when it wouldn't happen. Every single person coming to know God. That's his vision. He put it this way, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Purpose, mission, vision. Why we're here, what we're supposed to do while we're here, and what we want to see happen. Now, you see, you can actually apply this to so many things in your own life. Like I said, your finances, your family, your marriage, your career, your job, your business if you have one. Why, why are you doing these things? What's your purpose? What's it going to take to fulfill that purpose? And what do you want to see happen at the very, very why we're here, what we're supposed to do, and what we want to accomplish. Have you thought about those things in your own life? See, a lot of those people in that video hadn't. They just hadn't. What's your purpose? I don't have one. Hadn't thought about it. Just going through the motions. I just live day to day. There's no real reason for me to be here. You know the old saying, you know, if you don't know where you're going, you'll probably wind up somewhere else. And that's what happens with people. They have no purpose. They don't even know why they're here. They just kind of live from day to day. And then they wonder why things don't go well. They wonder why they're unhappy. They wonder why they've wasted their life. They look back over 10, 20, 30, 40 years and go, did I make any difference? Why did I even breathe oxygen? What was the point? And for many of them, sadly, there was no point. There was no purpose. There was no mission. There was no vision. They just existed but we were created for more than that our father created us for a reason there is a purpose for your life and there is a purpose for the church because now we go back to that original question what's the purpose of our church why are we here so this morning this is going to be a little different kind of series. And there's a reason. We, again, we have to, from time to time, sit down and go, okay, let's remember why we're here, why we're doing what we're doing. Because the last thing we want to do is just go through the motions. Doing things because they've always been done that way. When, in fact, that doesn't always work. God is calling us to a purposeful life and to a purposeful existence. And he's calling this church for a purpose. We need to remember what that is. And then kind of take a look at how we're spending our money and spending our time and saying, is this really working out? Are we fulfilling our purpose? So are you ready? What is the purpose of our church? Here we go. Let's take a look at this. Our purpose. We believe our church exists to be a visible sign to our community. The living proof of the reality of God, who, because of his great love, is reaching out to everyone through his son, Jesus. One more time, let me read that for you while you're filling in some of those times. Our purpose, we believe our church exists to be a visible sign to our community. The living proof of the reality of God, who, because of his great love, is reaching out to everyone through his son, Jesus do you understand what we're talking about? In other words, we exist to prove that God exists. 
We live in a Jesus-saturated society. You can't go anywhere without somebody who has heard about Jesus Christ. That's why I don't send you door-to-door going, have you heard about Jesus Christ? Everybody's heard about Jesus Christ. we got Bibles everywhere. we got His picture everywhere. Jesus jewelry everywhere is being sold in Kmart. People wearing crosses and other... Jesus permeates this society. Now, I'm not saying that people are in relationship with Jesus. I'm saying that they've heard about it over and over and over and over again. All this Jesus junk, and that's what I'm going to be calling it right now, this stuff that's all around us has made so little impact. In our culture. And yet it's everywhere. You know why? Because people have heard it so many times. They've heard it time after time after time. Yes, Jesus is the Savior. Jesus died for me. We just finished Easter. So many people could say, oh yeah, Jesus rose from the dead, but they don't believe it. It doesn't affect them. It doesn't touch them. They've heard it so many times. The words have No meaning any longer. The third world, the gospel is really having a profound impact with tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions coming to know Jesus Christ. But you know what? They never heard it before. You walk into a village and you say, hey, let me tell you about a God who loves you. And of course, that village has been steeped in in paganism and other rituals. And and they they hear about a whole other way of of life and love. And boy, they they just flock to Jesus Christ. They've never heard it before. It's fresh. It's new. It's a completely different way of life. And they're turning to Jesus all over the globe. But not in America. As a matter of fact, in America, we're kind of falling behind. Why? Because we've heard it so many times. And the words have lost their meaning. You guys ever watch My Fair Lady, the movie? Eliza Doolittle? Eliza, that uh, street urchin, that flower seller, who is taught to be a gentlewoman and to speak properly. And as soon as she speaks properly, gentlemen begin to fall in love with her. And as she's leaving Professor Higgins' house because he's been teaching her all these words and kind of ignoring her on the other side, suddenly a young man shows up and, and he professes his, his undying love and he wants to sing all these great words about her. And this is what she says, words, 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 I'm so sick of words. I get words all day through, first from him, now from you. Is that all you blighters can do? Kind of cute in a play. But is that all we got? To reach the community, to to tell them about God's words? If that's all we've got, it won't work. They stopped listening to words a long time ago. Knock on the door. Hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Stop. Heard it so many times. There's just a documentary here. I can go to the movies and watch this. I've got five Bibles in my house. Look, I'm wearing a a cross around my neck. I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, yeah, but I want to... No. It doesn't work anymore. We are in a Jesus-saturated society, which is why our society and our churches are not making the disciples that the third world is making. 
See, this is what it's going to take now. What it's going to take isn't words. What it's going to take now is the action and the living. It's, it's going to take people who, who, who can look and say, hey, look at that. Let me tell you why I know God exists. Because his people, those people committed, those people who really live it out, they get together every Sunday morning on the corner of 45th and Silverton. I know that God exists because I see it in his people. Not because of words, not because they said anything, but because I can look into that, that group of people called a church and say, hey, look at that. There is a God. There's a God because I see him at work. In this group of people called a church. That's why Jesus said this. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. There's our purpose. Our purpose is to be the living proof of the reality of God. Our purpose isn't to go door to door and say, let me tell you about Jesus. They know. They've heard it. Now, you still have to have, you know, be ready to give you an answer. And we'll teach you that. We have some classes to teach you that. If anybody says, hey, let's talk about Jesus, you should be able to know what you're talking about. But it'd be tough to find anybody that hasn't heard. You know what they're looking for? They're looking for proof, not words. What if they could look into the church here and... and and say, you know, those, those people, they, I don't know if I believe all this stuff about Jesus, and I don't know about the cross, I don't know, but I tell you what, that, that that group of people is so filled with love and mercy and grace that I want to be a part of that. Amen. That that group of people cares about one another and forgives one another, and grace and mercy just pour from them for one another and for the broken and the hurting of our community, and I want a piece of that, whatever it is. Jesus said that they'll know we're disciples. They'll know there's a God. They'll know about Jesus because of how we treat one another and treat the world. And especially how we treat the broken sinners of the world. It's so easy to treat all the beautiful people well. What do you do with the people who aren't quite so beautiful? Can we love them? Our purpose right here on this corner is to be the living proof that God exists. So that's our purpose. Okay. What's our mission? How do we accomplish that? Then what do we do? Well, how about this? Our mission. With this in mind, we are striving to demonstrate lives clearly changed. Now, notice they didn't say go to the door and tell people. If we're going to show them, and our purpose is to be the living proof that God exists, then what we have to do is demonstrate lives clearly changed through a daily walk with God and to extend to our community God's gracious invitation to join with them. Now we know what our mission is. Okay, Our purpose is to say, God exists, I can prove he exists, I'm the living reality of the proof of God because I'm here, we're here, and look how we treat one another. We wouldn't do that except for God. Believe me, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here. I'd be doing something else. Probably making a whole lot more money at it. And I wouldn't care what you do. Honestly, I wouldn't care. 
I wouldn't care about it at all. Because I have my own life to deal with. But I'm here as a pastor because God exists. Let's, why are you here this morning? Do you know how many other things you could be doing? But you're here. We need to be that living proof that God exists. We're here. We're together. We're committed to each other. And how we're going to do this, we're going to demonstrate lives clearly changed. Okay? That's, that's the important thing. We want to make sure that our lives are constantly in the, in the process of being changed into His image and so that we demonstrate that to the people around us. And we do that in a daily walk with God, not just a Sunday walk with God. And then we say to the people around us, now look, come with us. Join us. Come on. That's our mission. To live lives and to demonstrate lives that have been clearly changed and then to say, people, come with us. You can experience that change as well. The best evidence for the existence of God is a changed life, which is why Jesus said this. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way you... Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. There it is. Okay. The people should be able to look at how we live. The difference... Now, of course there's always going to be stumbles, without a doubt. Then what do we show them? How it is you pick yourself up from a stumble. And you forgive yourself when you forgive the people around you and you move forward. Failure is not fatal in the kingdom of God just means we pick ourselves up and we move forward. And we forgive the people around us and we receive forgiveness in the church and we move forward. That's what we want to show them. The people meeting here doesn't really prove the existence of God. and The building certainly doesn't prove the existence of God. But people with a testimony do. It's people with a testimony. And by that we mean something that you can say about how it's been changed. Let's face it, if you're watching TV... And suddenly on TV they said, hey, we've got this brand new weight loss formula. It hasn't worked for anybody and nobody's any skinnier. Will you buy it? Don't they always say, now let me show you how it's worked for this person right here. Look at the before and after. Someone had a financial planning thing they want to do. and say, hey, follow these financial plans. Lots of people tried, but they all went bankrupt. But do you want to buy it? No. Let me show you how our financial planning software has changed people's lives and has made them so much wealthier. And you go, oh, that's interesting. Sometimes what happens is uh, we stand up and say, hey, come to Jesus Christ and, and be changed. But we, there's no before and after. <laughs> there's no change. Nobody's going to buy that. Now, our lives have to be different. Our mission it's to let Jesus change us and be different and then to demonstrate that. If there's no change, then there's really no truth or reason or purpose. What we're trying to do right here is help one another change. Help one another transform. Help one another be better than we were. So that over the course of time, we can look back and say, you know, with the help of one another, with the help of the church, with the help of the Holy Spirit through the church, I'm a different person now. Some of my issues that I had aren't with me any longer. Now, it doesn't mean all my issues are gone. I have other issues I'm working on, but, but I'm different. I'm better. So our purpose is to prove that God exists, to be the, the, the living evidence that there is a God. Our mission, therefore, is, is to live lives, allow him to, to, to change us, 
and to demonstrate those changes and then to say to people, hey, come and join us. So what do we want to have happen in the church? What's our vision? That's, what we're, that's the last thing right there, the last little piece. Our vision. Here it is. Our vision. Our goal is to become a healthy family of people strongly committed to God and each other, collectively reflecting a true picture of Jesus here on earth. Wouldn't it be great if, um, oh, and then continuing on here, welcoming and accepting all those who desire to join us on the journey. Can we go back to that one? Is that possible? Thank you. There we go. We'll move on in just a second. Wow, that's kind of cool effect. I like that. Our vision, our goal, this is kind of a two-parter. Our goal is to become a healthy family of people strongly committed to God and each other, collectively reflecting a true picture of Jesus here on earth. Stop right there. So the first thing we want to do is to be a healthy family, a healthy church, a church where truth can be spoken, a truth where we can be who we are and still be welcomed and accepted, not a truth where there, not a church where there's the power struggles going on. You have all probably at some time in your life been part of a church that was so unhealthy, people fled from it because it was just so sick. We want to be a healthy family. Healthy family means there will be conflicts, but we'll work through them. There's no such thing as a family with no conflicts. Of course we have conflicts, but the point is instead of hurting one another, we stick it out with one another and we learn to forgive and we move on. And let's do the second part right here. Okay? Welcoming and accepting all those who desire to join us on the journey. If you're new to this church this morning, if you're just visiting, I don't care where you are, I don't care what you've done, I don't care what your lifestyle is, you are welcome here today. I'd love to have you here. We don't say that you have to have a certain lifestyle to sit in these chairs and to worship God. Come, join with us. Now you have to be prepared for this. If, if you want to come and stay, and you're going to have to allow the fact that God is going to work in your life and he may be changing your lifestyle. But right now, today, you are welcome here. And I'm not even going to tell you this. I don't want you to have to change a thing to start on this journey. Because this is what I know. If you start on this journey, God will make all the changes in your life he wants to make. Can't help it. Can't help it. Can't help it. God is going to change you in ways you never even imagined. I could get in your life and mess around and say, change this, change this, change that. Not really wise. God's going to get in your life and yeah, he's going to make some changes. I just want you to start the journey. That's it. Some perhaps still believe that the church is here just to help you make it through life. And, and some of us very early in the faith, maybe that's where you are. And if that's where you are, it's okay. We're, we're with you, but you're very early in the journey. And believe me, God will change your mind about that. Because the truth is this, that we're not here just to meet your own spiritual needs. We're, we're here to prove that God exists. To be the evidence. And we do that by lives that are clearly changed. Because we want everybody out there to come to know Jesus Christ. And so our vision is to become healthy right here. To learn to love and accept and forgive and encourage and teach and to welcome anybody that goes, walks through those doors and say, join us on the journey, knowing that if you stay with us on the journey, God will change you. 
See, this is what's true right here. This is what Jesus, this is what the Bible says to the church. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part in it. Which just simply means this. Jesus is still doing what Jesus always did. It's just that instead of doing it in the body of flesh and blood that he did a couple thousand years ago, he does it right here on this corner through us. We are the body of Jesus Christ on the corner of 45th and Silverton right here. Jesus has called us and said, I want to be right there on that corner and you're the ones who are going to do it for me. I will work through you. You are my hands and my feet and my eyes and my ears. You're my heart right here on this corner, 45th and Silverton. That's you. And we'll call you, I don't know, let's call you the uh, Salem First Free Methodist Church. And you will be my body right here. Now, in the weeks to come, four... We, we do this, by the way, in four things. We, we have four activities. I'm going to show you into it quickly next, or the next four weeks. I'm going to talk about each one of them, how we do it here, what God wants for us to do, and it's simply this. We call it know, grow, go, and show. You're going to know God. You're going to grow in Him. Okay? You're going to go out in the world, and we're going to show those lives. This is what we do. We're going to start next week talking about each one of these, how we're going to help you know, grow, go, and show. But to end this whole thing today, I want you to see this. Let's go to that website, okay? Because this... I love this. And if any of you are really cool in, when it comes to photography, I'd love to take pictures of everybody. We need another pictorial directory and put this together. You see that picture of Jesus? Zoom in on that one, will you? Keep zooming in. Keep zooming in. Keep in. You might want to kill some of these lights a little bit here. Do you see what that picture is made up of? It's made up of individual pictures. Look, there's a little kid right there, and then there's this guy. I don't, this guy looks like he's from the 1970s. I like that. That's pretty cool. Oh, there's a guy that kind of, if he had white hair, he might be me right there. Okay. Hit control. There you go. Keep going. Control. Go, 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 go. Bam! That's the church. We could zoom in on any one of your lives. Yuck. That wouldn't be good, would it? Don't zoom in on my life, man. You zoom in on my life and go... That's our pastor? That's what he's like? But when you zoom in, you see the people that you'll see their imperfections. But when we zoom back out, what do we see? Picture of Jesus. And you say to us, well, I don't know if I could be part of this one. If you, if you looked at my life, where would I fit? I would say, but we're not looking at your individual life. We're looking at the church. When you join with us, when we walk together, we should reflect the image of Jesus Christ as a body, as a church. Because that's what the church is about. It's our purpose. It's our mission. And it's our vision to do just like this. So that the people of Salem, so that the people right here in this community could look at the people right here, could look at this church and say, you know, I don't know much about Jesus. I don't know if I believe all that stuff about dying and rising. I don't, but I'll tell you what. I can see the values of Jesus Christ right in them. And I can see the love of the Lord right Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. We don't have to individually, each one of us, be perfect to be part of this kingdom and to be part of your body. But Father, what you ask us to do is to join with one another. That's why you've created us as a church and called us to be a body. Father, thank you. We appreciate the reminder of why we're here. Look forward to the weeks to come as as we remember all the things that we do here just to fulfill that purpose, just to do that mission 
and to see that vision come about. Thank you, Lord.